Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Esther chapter 4, verse 13. Thank you so much for standing in honor to the reading of God's Word. Once you find Esther chapter 4, if you go to Nehemiah and take a right, you'll come to the book of Esther. If you go to Job and take a left, you'll come to the book of Esther. Some of y'all thought Esther wasn't in your Bible, but it is. But once you've found that, I want you to take your Bible and go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. Just hold your finger at Esther. And go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. I want to read one verse there, and then we're going to read uh, two verses out of the book of Esther. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. If you wasn't here Wednesday night, Brother Cito brought the word. Man, what a great word that was. Hebrews 11 verse 7, if you got it, say Amen. By faith, everybody say by faith. By faith, faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Notice that. Noah being warned of things not yet seen. Moved. Everybody say moved. moved. With godly fear. Prepared an ark. Okay, you can stop. I'm just kidding. Prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I want to get that one more time because it's so important that you get what this verse is saying. By faith, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So everything that we do in relation to God has to be done through faith. All right? So by faith, Noah was warned by God of things that he could not yet see. In other words, by faith, Noah received something in his spirit that let him know that God was about to bring judgment on this earth. And God gave him instructions to do something that had never been done before. And that is to build an ark. But notice this, he was divinely warned of things not yet seen. There's a problem today in the body of Christ It can go one of two ways. One is that God is showing it, and I believe He is, and we're not walking in it. And secondly, because of a lack of prayer, we're not seeing the things of God. God is showing some things today. Not yet seen, but moved with godly fear, prepared an ark. There's that word, prepared prepared an ark for the saving of his house. By doing that, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Now, if you go to uh, Esther chapter 4 
in verse 13. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. Now Esther has already been pronounced the queen. She is in the king's <clears throat> palace. She is the queen. She is the one. God made room for her, so she's there. She's in position. But now there's some things that has come up from Haman that his desire, his plot, which stemmed from his hatred of Mordecai and the Jews, now Haman has devised this evil plot that he is going to destroy all the Jews in Persia. The decree has already been signed by the king. All that lacks is that it's going to be carried out. So Mordecai, when he heard this, Mordecai is still outside the gate. Esther is in the palace of the king. Mordecai hears this word sends a message to Esther, lets her know about it. And now Esther says, I haven't been before the king in 30 days. At that time, they couldn't go before the king unless the king invited them. If you came before the king during that time uninvited, it could be I want you to know my queen can come before me anytime. All right? But I want you to notice something. Esther is struggling with what to do and how to do. So Mordecai, verse 13, speaks to Esther and replies to her and says, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place but you and your father's house will perish. And this is what I want you to focus on. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Father, thank you for your word. Let us receive it today by faith. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. The Message Bible says it like this, who knows, maybe you were made queen for such a time as this. And for the sake of time, I'm going to just give some things this morning. I asked you last week uh, to study the book of Esther, to read the book of Esther, and a lot of these things will will 
come to your understanding as you read them and you'll recognize what I have been saying because I, I don't have time to go uh, into all the details of it, but there are some things that I want to make sure that I cover. Mordecai and Esther. There's something that is very unique about them, and that is this. That position never came before purpose. You are sitting here today, and every one of us in here this morning, God has a divine purpose for your life. Whether you are born again or not, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. The problem is understanding that I am a person of purpose. God's got a plan for my life. I don't care what church you belong to. Doesn't matter what denomination you belong to. Doesn't matter if you do it like I do or like somebody else does. You need to understand. And I want, if you're taking notes, write this down. There are two questions that demand an answer from every one of us in here this morning. And the first one is this. Does your faith affect your environment? Let's say that again. Does your faith affect your environment? The second question is this. Or does your environment affect your faith? You see, when you open the Word of God and you begin at the book of Genesis and you go all the way through to the final amen in the book of Revelation, you will read a story, you will find a storyline of miracles, signs, and wonders. It is all through the Bible. God, in His Spirit and in His power, comes down and touches mere mortal man or woman and empowers them, transforms their lives into doing something that goes beyond their ability as a human being. You see, God has created the church. He's created you and He's anointed you with purpose. And he's given the body of believers a purpose for this time that we're living in. In 2022, January 9th, God has ordained a purpose and a plan for you to be where you are this morning. 
And I want to tell you today that it does not matter that God could care less whether you're Democrat, Republican, conservative, or, or whatever you might be. That is not a concern of God. The concern with God is this. Is your faith affecting your environment? Or is your environment affecting your faith? I dare say that in the United States of America that people's Faith is being affected by their environment. You see what? I believe that God wants you to understand and me to understand this morning is that God perhaps has done everything in your life. You could have died last week. You couldn't have made it. You shouldn't have made it according to the doctors to be here today. You could have, uh, you could have not been able to be here this morning, but yet here you are. You don't know that last week the drunk driver that passed somebody else was headed your way on the wrong side of the road. And for some reason, he decided to take a right when he should have kept going straight. See, you know, I think God is saying this morning that I want you to understand as an individual that it is perhaps like Mordecai said. Perhaps God has made you queen for such a time as this. In other words, perhaps God has set you in the position and the place that you're in for such a moment as this. Some of y'all think, well, you know, I'm just a ditch digger. I'm just a laborer on my job. I'm not talking about your job. I'm talking about the position that you hold as an individual. Because 99% of us in here today that is over the age of 13 have a position in somebody else's life. You have a position that affects somebody else's life. And I believe today that God is saying, I want you to recognize your position. So I want to I want to just real quickly give you something. Mordecai and Esther and King Ahasuerus and Haman. I said this last Sunday, they are the characters in the book of Esther. King Ahasuerus reminds me a lot of myself at one time. Because I was manipulated by the world. I would bounce from one thing to another. And I was always trying to please people. Some of you this morning, 
you are in the mess that you're in because you have tried to be a people pleaser. You've tried to make everybody around you happy while all the while you are miserable and messed up on the inside. And then we have Esther. is this young lady that comes into the life of King Ahasuerus. And I see Esther as a type of that new creation, that new direction that God wants to bring in people's lives. Then you have Mordecai that is out on the outside of the palace that I believe is a picture of Holy Spirit that is working on the outside, trying to get in, trying to affect things. But Haman is always fighting against the Mordecai on the outside. But think about this, and hopefully this will bring the importance of what I'm talking to closer to you. The Jewish people have always been one of the most hated people on the face of the earth. Countless times, the Jews have been marked for destruction and annihilation. Countless times, the, the city of Jerusalem, the nation of Israel, has been overran by enemy armies. I read a book several years ago that talked about when empires fall. And it was a book that dealt with the empires that had invaded the nation or the land of Israel and and captured the Jewish people and how that every one of them, without exception, have fallen. You see, the fact is that God's chosen people are the Jews. You and I have been adopted in and brought in. We've been grafted in. But here's what I want to say. Haman, because of his manipulation, had manipulated the king into signing a decree that would bring the destruction to every Jew in the land of Persia. They would be killed. They would die. And as I was reading that the other day, I I had some other directions that I wanted to go. But I felt so strongly about what I'm about to say. Mordecai was a man that had no position. He was just a Jewish believer, a godly believer that was outside the gate of the palace. But yet when Mordecai saw opportunity for God to do something, he was never afraid to step up 
and let his voice be heard. This is what came to my mind as I was reading this story. The decree had been signed and it was going to be carried out. But Mordecai and Esther became the ones that God would use to stop the plot of the enemy. In the early or late 1920s and the early 30s, there was a young man in Germany that everybody looked at him and many of them said he's crazy, he's lost his mind, he's speaking a lot of rhetoric, of anti-Semitism, and all of these things, pay him no mind, he's just a lunatic. His name was Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler began to do his ranting and his raving and all of that. For the most part, people wrote him off and said, don't pay any attention to him. It'll be over and he'll drift on and nothing will ever become of it. But there was a few journalists that began to pay attention to what this individual was saying. And they began to sound the warning signs to government leaders. You better pay attention to him. You better do something. You better stop him because he is dangerous. You can read this in history. But nobody paid any attention to what was going on. And this is what Holy Spirit asked me. He said, what if, or if there was, what would have happened had there been a Mordecai and an Esther in the early 20s and 30s in Germany? What would have happened had a man of God responded to what Holy Spirit was saying and stood up and not been afraid to open his mouth or her mouth and speak what the Bible and what the Word of God was declaring. Could it have been that the lives of six million Jews could have been saved if somebody would have stood up and said something? You see, I believe that God divinely and specifically sets people in position down through history to impact their environment. I believe that God raises up churches and ministries and anoints ministers, men and women, down through the ages to affect different aspects of history. 
I believe that the time that we're living in today, ladies and gentlemen, is one of those times that God is speaking to the church. He is crying out, where are the Mordecais? Where are the Esthers that will stand up in a, in a foreign land, in a land where Christianity is no longer loved or accepted, where are the Mordecais that will stand up and open their mouth and declare the Word of God? You say, oh, pastor, you, you took that a little bit too far. I want you to listen to this. There was a German pastor. His name was Martin Niemöller. He made this statement. He said, talking about the Nazi regime, he said they came first for the communist. I wasn't a communist, so I said nothing. He said, secondly, they came for the Jews. I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. He said, then they came for the trade unions. I wasn't a part of the trade union, so I didn't say anything. He said, then they came for the Catholics. I wasn't a Catholic, so I didn't say anything. He said, then they came for me. And by then, there was no one else left to say anything. You see... Ladies and gentlemen, I believe we're in a time of preparation. Not that we can display our wares to the world. I believe we're in a time of preparation where God is saying, I am preparing the voice. I am preparing the bride, the body, to affect its atmosphere." You see, because God is saying, I didn't call the church to blend in with the world, but I called the church to be a light in the darkness of the world. He said, I called the body of Christ to be a light in dark places. I gave you a voice and the word of my, of my promise that you can speak and declare that will change your atmosphere. You see, evil rises when good stays seated. The voice of evil gets louder and louder when the voice of good stays silent. See, we're in this building today, this protected building. But the harvest field is out there. And the only way that we're going to change our community is to go into the harvest field and gather the harvest. Because you see, evil is naturally proactive. It's like a weed in your garden you don't plant a weed, I hope you don't, 
I'm not talking about that weed. Let's get that straight. Some of y'all said, see there, I knew there wasn't anything wrong with me planting that. <laughs> but you don't go out and plant a garden and then go out and find cockaburs, ragweeds, and all these other weeds and sow the seed in the garden. You don't even have to do that. You see, a weed will just come up. But you have to be proactive if you want to see butter beans and peas grow. You got to protect them from the weeds. See, evil is proactive. Evil will grow and it will grow and grow and grow when good does nothing. You see, but the thing about good is that good has to be proactive. Because evil is naturally proactive, but good is not naturally proactive. You see, so if we want to see good happen, we've got to be intentional. You've got to be intentional if you want to see God do something in your life. You've got to be intentional if you want a move of God in your family, sir. You've got to be intentional about it, mom, if you want to see your children not grow up like their forefathers did. You can't just send them to school and expect them to be okay. You've got to be proactive. You've got to be intentional about letting your children know about Jesus. You see, the thing about it is this, that I believe today that God has already set a time that he's coming back. I believe the rapture of the church is going to be very soon. But here's the thing. I want to know that when Jesus comes, and that trumpet sounds, and my feet leave the ground, I want to know that I'm taking somebody with me that otherwise would have been lost. I want to know that I've been proactive to the point that I've been like Mordecai or Esther, and I didn't just sit back and be afraid of the repercussions of what I was going to say or do. I wasn't afraid of losing my position. I wasn't afraid of what people were going to think about me or what somebody was going to say about me. But I stood up and I used the opportunity while the, the opportunity was alive, and I gave myself to God. To make a difference in my world. You see, in this story of Esther, Haman and the tricks and the manipulation that he had established came to light. Haman 
had built gallows for the hanging of Mordecai. Because he intended to destroy that man and everybody that was affiliated with him. But here's the thing, and, I, and I'm fixing to close. Here's the thing. The devices, the plots, and the plans of Haman were turned around on him. The very gallows that he had built for Mordecai became the very gallows that he died on. And I want to tell you this morning that if, <clears throat> listen, that would not have happened had Mordecai and Esther not used the place that God had put them to affect their environment. You see, because again, Mordecai and Esther were the least likely to ever be able to affect the Persian Empire. Get this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about an empire. I'm talking about a nation, a heathen nation that did not know God, a heathen nation that had just a few years earlier destroyed the nation of Israel, carried them captive, a vast army. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that when God gets ready to do something, if he can find a Mordecai, if he can find a Mordecai, you might just be outside the gate hanging out with the bros outside the gate and think nothing of it. But listen, when God begins to move, if you will move at his, at his prompting, God will use you to affect. Can you imagine a captive? One that has no rights and no authority. Goes from outside the palace to becoming the prime minister of the nation. Esther was just a cousin to Mordecai, had no position, had no authority, goes from that to being the queen. These two people affected the king of Persia. And I believe the spiritual side of that is telling us that when we prepare, when we spend time in the presence of God, there is no limit 
to what God can do in our lives. It does not matter how big of a mess you might be in. It does not matter how big of a mess your family might be in. When God gets ready to do something, if he can find a Mordecai or an Esther, it will happen. Would you stand with me, please? So in this time, this 31 days of preparation, I don't know what God is wanting to do in your life. I don't know what he's wanting to do through you. But I do know this. We are in a such a time as this moment in our world. We are in a time that God is going to begin to use average people to impact our environment. I believe the time of the big preachers, the big evangelists, is drawing down. And God is about to begin to raise up an army of men and women that will move without a title, that will go out without a position, but they're going to hold a position in the kingdom of God. And God's going to give them authority to go out and affect this generation. I believe that we're going to begin to see young men and young ladies that are going to begin to stand up in their schools and they're going to begin to, to speak and declare the Word of God. That's the reason I told you last Sunday, I would love to see it if everybody in the church would begin to tote the Word of God. Because the Word of God is living and powerful. And I believe that God is about to raise up men and women, boys and girls, that are going to affect their atmosphere. I'm going to ask the worship team, if you will, to come, please. And we're, we're about to close. You say, Pastor, I, I want to be the one that affects my atmosphere. Because in the past, I've been affected by my atmosphere. I've given in to the things around me. I've not been proactive in my faith. I've not been intentional about my walk with God. And I want to be that one that can be used to affect my family, my children, or my grandchildren, or my 
classmates. So what is the one thing that will stop me from being used? What is the one thing that, that would have stopped Mordecai? What is the one thing that would have shut Esther down? I believe it's this thing called flesh. In Romans chapter 8, verse 7, we talked about this verse last Sunday. Because the carnal mind or the fleshly mind is an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So what is that saying to me? It's saying to me that as long as I try to figure God out, as long as I'm trying to feel something, see something before I believe it, then I'm never going to be able to receive. But when I begin to receive by faith, when I recognize the power of the cross and allow the cross to crucify this flesh, and I humble myself under the mighty hand of God, And I let God begin to be the Lord of my life. That's when things will begin to change in my life. You see, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. So the first thing, sir, or ma'am, is I've got to recognize that my flesh will hold me back, will shut me down on the things of God. That was the purpose for the cross. Because the cross deals with my flesh. The blood deals with my sin but the cross dealt with my flesh. So this morning, if you're here today, I just simply want to ask you this morning those two questions again. Is your faith affecting your atmosphere or is your atmosphere affecting your faith? Whatever your answer is today, I want them just to sing. And I'm going to ask you this morning, If you have made up your mind, I want to affect the atmosphere that I'm in. If that's you this morning, I'm going to invite you to the altar. Those of you that, that say, Pastor, I've let everything around me affect my walk with God, but no more. 
I'm giving myself over to him today. As they sing this morning, this altar is open. Won't you come? received the news from Mordecai of the plot of Haman her response to Mordecai was gather all the people together fast for me for three days and then I'll go before the king what does fasting do Fasting deals with your flesh. Why did Esther say, fast for me? Because Esther was a, was a, a woman. She was a human being. But she dealt with things of the flesh. One of the big things was she knew the law of the Persians. That if I go before the king uninvited, I am subject to death. Secondly, Esther knew that by calling the people together to fast and pray, she knew that that would get the attention of Almighty God. But the bottom line is that Esther knew that we've got to deal with the flesh if we want to see God do something great in this situation.
The book of Colossians tells us that we must mortify the deeds of the flesh. Put them to death and submit to the authority of God. So this morning, I want us to pray because I believe that that's what many of us are doing in this 31 days of preparation. We're dealing with those issues that would hinder us from getting in the place that God wants us to be. Father, I come this morning in the name of Jesus. And Father, we know today that that without you we're nothing. We know this morning, Father, that God, that lest you come and empower us, we'll not be able to do anything. So Father, I pray over those today that have said, I want a faith that will affect my environment. I pray over them today that God, that you would begin to give them wisdom, give them direction, show them the way that you want them to go, Father. And God, we're believing this morning that through your anointing and through your power, God, that we're going to see, God, a turnaround in our families, in our homes, in our schools, on our jobs. God, we believe today that you can use us to affect government. You can use us to affect our city and our state. So, Father, we thank you for it today. We give you praise this morning for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.